This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to another edition of the Mark Madden Gambling Podcast. Tim Benz with Shirtless Tom here today. Mark is still out. He is in Vegas where I'm sure he's gambling a ton, as I would be. Are you aware, Tom, that the two big conventions in town, along with Penguins in Vegas, are the AVN Adult Film Awards and the Electronics Awards Showcase? And I'm really excited for Mark because I know he is a huge fan of electronics. Very much so. Very tech-savvy, Mark Madden. I'm familiar with this firsthand well, as the producer of his show. I know what he uses his tech to download, and sometimes these two things meet. You never know. Like they are in Vegas this weekend. Yeah, if, hey, if they want to, like, you know, depart from the Rivers Casino when I'm in for Mark so they can get used to the Vegas experience, that's, that's <laughs> fine by me, but I doubt that'll happen. Uh, yeah, so we're in for Mark again today. I'm in for Mark on the show. Let's get right into the gambling, Tom, and let's get right into the gambling... Tom, and uh, let's see if we can set the odds on what you think. Uh, let's say, oh, I don't know, uh, 500 to 1, 1,000 to 1. Anybody on Twitter willing to admit that they got it totally wrong with the NFL making the teams try to play after the DeMar Hamlin situation? Well, I don't know how you can even give that a line. It has to be a million to one, honestly, because it doesn't matter what comes out from Zach Taylor. It doesn't matter what comes out from the league. Anybody can say what they want. People have made up their minds. This is how America and the the world works. No, it doesn't matter who was there. It's how I felt in the moment. I perceived it this way, and they're all lying. My truth. I know what really. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's more important than the actual truth of somebody who experienced it. So you got to take that off the board if you're a sports book. Yeah. There's just no way anybody's There's ever no one going covering to that spread. <laughs> no, not a chance. No one's covering that spread. Um, but if you heard Zach Taylor today, he on two separate occasions kind of danced around it at first and then answered it directly when he was posed with the question about were you given five minutes to warm up? And what he said initially was we were suggested, I, he made it sound like the, the officials suggested this after the ambulance pulled away Go to your sidelines, give each other some space, and allow yourself to 
emotionally decompressed was the way he was describing it. Just give yourself some time, the exact phrase, process what had happened. Process what had happened is a hell of a long way from five minutes to warm up. Furthermore, when he was asked right away or right directly what had happened, he said there was no directive. I felt nothing to say five minutes to get ready to play football. It's just weird why Joe Buck said that now, right? Like that's the So only, can I give you my theory? That's the only disconnect left. Let me now. give you my theory. Well, I'm not gonna blame Joe Buck. No, 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 I'm not either. Because he even said who his source was. You shouldn't have to source your own network. You shouldn't have to source your own on air talent that you're on air with. But he said John Perry, the their version of Gene Steratore, right. their officiating guru, GRF got something wrong. Go figure. He said to Joe Buck that he was being told that they were getting five minutes to warm up. So it And as Buck said specifically, he did what he needed to say. The guy who's speaking to me in my earpiece right now is in direct communication with the NFL. You've got a former ref, not anybody who's been trained in journalism, not anybody who knows what words really mean. Like, he knows two feet in bounds. He knows juggling the ball. In theory, he's supposed to know this. What pass interference is. In theory, he's supposed to know what holding her hands to the face is. He, It sounded to me like, well, he just got word, well, they're going to the, they're going to the sidelines for five minutes. That's what I was just going to say. Like, someone tossed someone, out the phrase five yeah, minutes, and he took it. They're going to they're gonna go to each other's sidelines for five minutes. And he took that to mean five minutes to come back right. and went and ran with that. But that's why you, you can't, like, for a friggin' network that has tens of millions of people watching it and listening in a situation like this, hanging on every word, to leave it to somebody who's had a microphone in front of their face for a year and a half, or however long he's been doing this. Like, you know, there's responsibility associated with what you say. Like, we're taught this crap. You know, you're taught if the receiver goes out of bounds and comes back in, throw the flag. Yeah, that someone in a production role should have been like, that's nice, John. We're going to vet that out a little bit before we actually run with it. Let's run this through the Thanks for giving us at least a lead that we can follow for the first time in the past 20 minutes. And we're all scrambling to figure out what the hell's going on. And then they would have probably found out that, no, that's not the case. Yeah, it sounds to me like the error was having John Perry be the conduit. How great would it be if he was fired next year? And you could see a little bit more smoke to that fire, maybe. Well, he's Gene's the only one who's good at that job. And that's why I think that... He's you're way walking, better than Terry. He's way better than this guy. You're walking such a tightrope there where a, a little mistake like that, which turns out to be a pretty big mistake in hindsight, can actually because who everybody can do that job. You just get the next retired ref off the lot and he comes well, in. Well, Mike Carey couldn't do it. He only lasted one year. We've got Gene because Mike Carey couldn't do <laughs> what you said just now. All right, let's um let's get to some gambling here. Steelers three points favor three point favorites against the Cleveland Browns. Why, do I, why did I feel better about this after they beat the Ravens? And I now do I'm too. talking myself out of it. Like uh, all week long, I've just had this like determined vibe that they're going to win this game, and it's not going to be a blowout, but it's not necessarily going to be a sweat either. Like I see a nice like maybe twenty three to twenty seventeen. I'm feeling mm. saucy, Tim. I, they might be able to run up and down on this Browns defense. If they cannot stop the run. Then they better. I love how you cringed when I said twenty three. Uh, it's like I said, oh, my 54. bar is so low. I know, it's my amazing. bar is so low for this offense. I mean, and that 
And that comes down to the whole Matt Canada conversation, too. It's like, hey, maybe Matt Canada has earned his way into oh an extra God. year. Really? It's my biggest nightmare heading into the offseason. I mean, like, it's going to happen. It's funny because our standard was so high for what we expected of Mitch Trubisky in his first year or Kenny Pickett as a rookie because our eye level was Ben Roethlisberger as yes. a rookie or Ben Roethlisberger even as recently as 2018 in the case of the Trubisky comp. But our eye level is so low on what the offense has been pretty much dating back to the COVID game against the Ravens, for crying out loud. Our eye level has sunk so low of what good offense is, we see what they've done in two drives, essentially, against the Raiders and Ravens and say, well, you know, it's Matt Canada. He's coming around. Yeah, it's marginal What, what about the six and a half right. quarters collectively over those? Or they can't generate a thing. Not a thing. No, and... You know, I think that a lot of that has to do with players are improving slightly, some improving more than slightly, but you're seeing the offensive line get better. Kenny is improving. Now, whether it's a lot of improvement or a little improvement is up for debate, but he is getting better. You can't look at that, though, and say this marginal improvement is enough for us to settle for him to come back next year. Don't settle. You shouldn't be oh, he was bad, and then he got to below average, so he deserves a chance to come back and maybe get to a little bit above average next year. Strive for great. You have a young quarterback now who seems like he fits in the NFL. Like, Do you agree with that? Like, It doesn't seem like the league's too big for him. For I Kenny? He's checked that box off now. Like, yeah, I, I don't see yeah. a Zach Wilson-type thing happening to him, do you? Where it seems like it's just he's just out of his depth. I've always thought he's smart enough for the NFL. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the speed, though, just throws these guys off. It doesn't seem that way for me. Well, as you said on a number of occasions, it's not about speed of the game. It's about depth of of the defenses that you face in the NFL. The amount of defenses and how you have to process what they're doing in a given down and distance situation. Like that, to me, might be the mental aspect that's coming along for him. I mean, like honestly, where I've been the most intrigued and the most optimistic is like specific throws. The throw to... Pickens for the touchdown against the Raiders, the throw to Sims, the yeah. throw to Fryermuth on the throw before Sims the on the throw drive. throw to Deontay in that Raiders game that I thought was a pick six the second it left his hand. Yeah. He somehow zipped it to that sideline and he got it. You know, the throw to Najee on the run. Like, he's making yes. now NFL throws that I was questioning if he could make. But there still is that next step where he has to throw for 270, 280 yards, multiple touchdowns in a game. I still would like to know if he can do what Trubisky did in a game that's close. When I'm talking about Trubisky, I'm talking about the 276 he put up against Baltimore. Hmm. He had the three picks. Right, but he moved the ball like an NFL quarterback up and down the field. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see... It's tough for me to equate whatever numbers he put up against, I don't know, Buffalo. In that blowout and say that's... When he got over 300? Yeah. No, it's not. Because a lot of that was in garbage time. And you're chasing. And he threw, what, like 55 passes I also want to see what happens if he's got an offensive line that's got an injury or two. You know, yes. Like, we can't just assume he's going to be fine under those circumstances. Because this offensive line... I mean, like, even Tomlin was asked a question roughly. What is it besides continuity that has made these guys better this year? And he said... Well, you just took it back to the continuity, the fact that they're together all the time. It's an anomaly that no one's gotten hurt. That's yeah, it so for rarely a happens. amount of time. And speaking of not settling on things improving, yes, the offensive line has shown improvement with the starting five. 
but don't settle for that. Go out and get a stud left tackle and then have these guys kind of fall down a spot on the depth chart on the order, and then all of a sudden, there you go. You fix your depth for when one inevitably goes down next year because I'd take that bet if that was on a board that someone will get hurt on the offensive line for three to four weeks next year, land on IR. It's just inevitable, especially after a year where it never happens. You fix that depth, and if you can make, you know, James Daniels your second-best offensive lineman, Chooks can be your third or fourth offensive lineman, then I think you really got something that you can work with with a young quarterback, and, and I think Najee's going to benefit from it too. Going back to my previous bet, you know, one thing you could have bet on if the NFL was trying to force him to play? One of those 106 players tweeting about it, and not one did. That should have been everybody's clue that this five minutes to warm up thing probably didn't exist. Oh, not like Diggs one didn't single... take to Twitter after the game and said, NFL do better, or something like that. They like, tried to make us play. They said five minutes. And we all said We no. had a fallen brother on the field, and they were trying to make us play. I didn't see a like, single... shout out to Coach Taylor. Yeah, the refs were trying to make room. us play. They told us we had to play. I didn't see a single social media post from an NFL player that was on that field that night saying that happened. No, that should have been the biggest indication. The optics of the warm-ups, too. I actually think uh, the guest you booked on the Mark Madden show yesterday, Sal Capaccio, put that really well. That That's just reflex, almost, at this point. Ambulance Joe leaves. Joe Burrow you, is going to throw a football because it's there. Ambulance leaves. You're playing football in about five to ten minutes. And, unless you've heard something different. Exactly. It's not so like Diggs at any is, point somebody said to him, when the ambulance goes, we're going to go in the locker room. No. Or else you would have seen that happen. Exactly. So it, they just thought, until further notice, we're playing a football so game. So Diggs goes and rallies the troops. Burrow starts to warm up. Defense starts to get on the field. There's 11 guys kind of formed. Just muscle memory, almost, at that point. Because we've not seen something like that in the NFL, where CPR was performed on the field, we have seen stoppages where they've had to bring out an ambulance and take the ambulance out, and then that's exactly how it operates after that. You get like three, four minutes to warm up, and then the ref blows the whistle, and it's almost like you have to have amnesia mm-hmm. and go on trying to hit each other as hard as you can for the next 40 or so minutes. By the way, what the hell was Bart Scott doing? I didn't see this. What happened? What did he do? Blaming T. Higgins? For the hit? See, that's a guy that I was really... Well, well, I kept seeing that on Twitter. I'm like, who would say this is T. Higgins? Oh, Bart Scott would. Oh, oh. And speaking of odds, there's the odds right there. If someone's going to say something that stupid, it would be Bart Scott. And I'm sure he said it on the heels of the image of T. Higgins walking out in his mother's arms. Did you see that from the locker room I saw it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how do you think that guy slept at night? Uh, just Just playing football, and he inadvertently almost killed somebody. Like, By the way, the uh, Steelers' line is down to two and a half. I would. Ha- I love that news. It's at minus 115. The less but- points that the Steelers give them is the better to me. And I think that, like I said, I think they win by a touchdown or more. In between that 7 to 10 range is where I'd probably go with the Steelers winning this game. But if I could win on a field goal, three points, and cover that spread, I would laugh. I love that line. I'm not seeing the Bills game on the board at all right now. I didn't see that one. And do you see the Bengals and the Ravens either? We don't even know what time it's starting. Right. I don't know if you can put a line on it. I don't see it yet. I don't see that one on the board (laughs) either. That's done on the board, and I'm not seeing the Jets and Dolphins on the board. I see the Jets and the Dolphins. The Jets are minus one right now. Oh, I see it. I skipped over. The Jets are minus one. That's a little spicy, don't you think? No. No? I think it's a complete pick so one-point spread either way to me sounds exactly right. How do you pick either one of those teams to win a football game? I have no idea. They've lost both five straight in a row, right? Yeah. Or five straight in a row. That's redundant, but... Well, so is their losing streak. Don't you think the Dolphins just go into this with a mentality of, like, 
let's just try to run our way to the the playoffs and win this game by like two, three. The points. Jet, you mean the Dolphins? The Dolphins, yeah. yeah. As I say the Jets, the Dolphins just try to run their way. But the problem is, if they can, if Robert Sala can get the Jets invested in playing, that's not exactly a defense that you just ho hum your way down the field every time and put points up on the board on. Especially a defense that played you once already this year and beat you once already this year. Did Justin Fields get ruled out as we were taping this up or something? Why? Because of the Bears spread exploding, or yeah, I mean, I yeah, it did. He did. He got ruled out as soon as we started taping. So this up. So now it's what minus seven and a half. Is yeah, because it saying? had been five. He you should, know, and maybe that's just because the money hasn't moved yet. See now, if take it, take it, take it, take it. I would have. I should have taken that. I heard Vikings minus five, five for minus five for the Vikings against the Bears sounds to use your phrase spicy. Enough for me as it is. And now without Justin Fields, I, I still might get in on it. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings never blow teams out. Well, no, so they, have a, they have a negative point differential. But they're still playing for seeding, right? Like them and San Fran can, if they get lucky oh. and San Fran loses, Uh-oh. I think they can jump up to the two seed. You know what? What is also going to make the point spread move? It's not just that Justin Fields isn't playing. Did you see who is starting? Is it Peterman? Tom is about oh to put his entire salary Everything on the Bears. Everything is coming up pit lately, Tim. I don't know how to explain it, but I would take the well, Bears. Well, speaking of the Vikings, not for Brian O'Neill. I'd take the alternative spread, actually. Bears minus 7.5 now with Nate Peterman in the game. You're going to reverse it? Yes, I'll take the You're reverse line bet on this one? one. Be like a plus 500 odds, I'm sure. Football lightning bet on this? <laughs> wow, that was one I loved, and, and now I don't like it so much for the exact reason you point out. I hate Week 18 betting, i got to be honest with oh, you. Oh, I love it. Really? I love it when it's team that needs something against team that doesn't need something. It's just the Vikings have done me dirty so many times this year because they keep winning, and like I said, they have a minus point differential, so you're not covering a lot of spreads. And like, How, how does the dawn come up on a day where Brock Purdy is a 14-point favorite against anybody? Whenever that anybody is the Arizona Cardinals of 2022. I guess. Because that is a train wreck of an organization. And who started last? I don't even know who started last week for them. I saw Trace McSorley start and then he got for hurt, them right? on Christmas. Yeah, then he got hurt. So I, I don't even know uh, what their status is at quarterback right now. But I wouldn't take 14 points with Brock Purdy. That Eagles-Giants game is gross, too, with a 14-point spread as well, with the Eagles laying 14. They have to win. The double digit. They have to win. I know. But, but the Giants are locked in, so I don't think anybody's going to play for New York. They would be dumb to play Barkley, right? Double digit spreads in the NFL have been the easiest bet to go against. Every time I see a double digit spread, I'm going with the underdog. I, yes. I don't know what the total number is, but it's got to be great in favor You've of the underdog. You've seen underdogs. a couple weeks ago, were you on the Texans when they played the Chiefs? That was an easy cover for an underdog mm-hmm. of massive proportions. It's just the trend this year that. Big spreads don't get covered. Teams don't blow teams out. Like and you and think to use the lightning bet joke, I mean, if you're doing that, you're making huge bank because these 14 point spreads, the other, the underdogs have won, or it's been one possession games or overtimes. Yeah, imagine if you lightning betted the Steelers against the Bucks when they were a 10 point underdog. Did you lightning bet Pitt against Virginia? I did not. We got burned on the under. We said on the yeah. podcast earlier this week to take the under. Virginia over just feels wrong. No, it in the book, feels though. dirty. I'm still never going to do that, even though they burned us last night. But I got to say, the it's Panthers. Like on Nate Peterman. The Panthers, another game. They didn't play amazing, didn't shoot that great, but had a great second half. Hey, they're 4-0. They've beaten Carolina, Virginia, NC State, and Syracuse. Right. like 4-0 in the conference. If they beat Clemson on Saturday, tough game. Already moved uh, that time. To, or the, sorry, not the time, the network. They put it on ESPN2. ESPNU now, yeah. No, uh, you or two. I think it's it might be on du- the Deuce. I think it is. It's on an ESPN network, though. Yeah. It's, not, it's off the ACC network mm-hmm. now. Uh, but yeah, that line's going to be intriguing when that comes out. I don't think that's out yet. 
I would see maybe Pitt minus one, something like that. Like they've got to earn the respect now from the book, you'd think. And they're starting to get the national buzz too that you think people might start betting Pitt. Whereas Clemson might be just as good as Pitt, but really under the radar. You know what you might finally be getting good money on is betting on Crosby or Gensel to score. <sighs> they haven't a done that a lot lately. And they're due for sure. I just anything with the Penguins is miserable right now to bet on. I, I was looking at the Vegas game on Thursday night. I think the over is going to hit in that game. Vegas scores, six? yeah, probably six, six and a half, maybe. Vegas scores probably around three point two eight goals a game. Penguins three goals a game. I think that's going to go over. Yeah, but they're not scoring, and Sid and Gensel aren't scoring. The Smith will be in. Yeah, but like well, you said, I think that dam's got to break soon. And now they have a couple of days off in between. And, and, and they and tend Vegas. to play well when they realize they're up against it. Like when things. Well, know, didn't Latang say earlier this year, yeah, yeah, I've been looking at the standings. It's crazy to see them flip flop. I was looking at the standings before coming in today. They're in sixth, they're in sixth right now. I wrote that today. I, so, if you weren't up late enough last night to see, here's an over that hit Islanders six, Vancouver two. Huh. The Islanders are now in front of the Penguins all yes. by themselves in fifth. So the Penguins right now are in sixth in the Metro, which means that they're in ninth for playoff position. They're, they're right outside. They're the first team out. First team right out. Now. But they do have games in hand, two with the Islanders and three with the Capitals, I believe. So there is chance to make up your own ground without them even having to lose a game. But I agree with you saying they kind of know when their back's against the wall. They look at the standings this morning. They see that they're on the outside looking in. That's probably what's going to kick them in gear, if anything will. Or they keep floundering and they don't make the playoffs this year. Do you want to see a 90-team NCAA tournament? I don't. No, I think it's perfect the way it is. It's the one thing in sports that can't be better when it's bigger. The one thing. And what, and really, like, we have teams every year that have a case, I guess, for getting left out in the cold so they can get your Syracuse orange in. Yes. But... See you in the Sweet 16. But really... Elite 8, Final 4, what are you talking about? Why are you selling yourself <laughs> short? But in reality, like, yeah, it stinks for those schools, but... Are they really that deserving to get in? Like, it's not like they're leaving teams well, this isn't that are about slam deserve. dunk deserve to be in out the cold. Like, everybody who wins their conference gets in automatically, and anybody who's any relatively good is getting into this the This isn't about deserve. There's 68 teams in the field. Like, yeah, this is about just, this is inclusion the coaches wanted because they say that they made the tournament even though you didn't. Um, this is about gambling, network ratings, People know what sells on television is do or die. The last, ex- you know, like yes. what sells on television is win or be eliminated. That's it. That yes. that's what moves the needle. Game so. sevens, which is all March Madness is, It's just game seven after game seven after game seven. I will say this though, it was a good expansion move to go to the first four. I think and to kind of bleed the tournament into that Tuesday Wednesday. I, I like that move, but that's it. Like I, that's the last expansion you could ever possibly do. And I'd still argue against having it be two teams on each night from the little conferences. I'd prefer to get the bloated pig seventh team out of the SEC, ninth team out of the ACC. Instead of making it 16-16, make it all those 11-11 matchups. I'm more inclined to watch that kind of game where it's the mopes from the mid-levels and not watch... You know the two super small schools play each. Like I'll watch the Cinderella try to walk, knock off a one seed or a fifteen, In knock a off of a two. Time, yeah, I'm not going to watch two sixteens because I don't know them. 
I, I get that 100%. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I, so I, take them out of there, plus you'll get more people to date. And I want to see like an Arkansas on Oregon State playing or something like that. Yeah. Brand names going on. But up I mean, like, that's the only hope that I would have for that tournament if you're going to expand it to 90 is to take the bloated pig conferences and kind of have them play their way onto seven through 10 lines. You know what I mean? Like, they can essentially come out with the bracket. And then you have to, there's a couple of open spots that you now are in a tournament. To Not play a couple, yourself, a lot. But you're in a tournament to play yourself into the NCAA tournament. Yes. That's better than just expanding the regular tournament, but that just sounds like a convoluted mess to me too. I think it's, you know, it's gonna, this is going to sound stupid. This is going to sound stupid, but it's 100% true. The only reason they can get away with this now is that people can do their brackets online and click. And what I mean by that is you can go online and it can say Syracuse or New Mexico State on the eight line against Richmond in the nine. Oh, I see. So what like you, you mean. can automatically advance instead of writing it. You know what you're, I mean? Like two teams, basically. Yes. So because everything is computerized so now. You can just go, I'm gonna take this first four team to go to the final four. I've done I it. I don't care who it is. I've done it with Syracuse. But I have two shots in the gun here now. Right. I like that strategy. That's the well, not necessarily saying it's a strategy. I'm saying that's the only reason why it would work now is because the brackets won't be as easily effed up. The whole reason that they 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 went against this for a long time was people thought it would mess up the brackets. Okay, it would make the brackets impossible to follow. But now that everything is online and you click your way through instead of like writing it and changing it, people are like, oh, okay, I get it now. Makes it a lot easier. It makes it a lot easier, yeah. and your bracket doesn't get effed up. Because that's all that really matters. That's all right? that matters. Because it it's bracket. gambling. Yes, of all course. Right. And that'll do it for the Mark Madden Gambling Podcast. Mark will be back next week. I'll be back for the Pittsburgh CityCast next week. Listen to Tom and I tonight. Uh, we will be on from the trolley stop on ESPN Pittsburgh from 6 until 8 for Countdown to Kickoff. I'll be on for Mark 3 until 6 on the X. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network. BetRivers.com and wherever you find your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.